You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Before we move on in the sugya, what our friend the Ritva says. Haraya Nirachanika, Sarach Levarech, Yofa Pirish Rashizal. Ritva says, I like what Rashi says. Rashi is good here. She's always good, but Yofa Pirish Rashi Bishem Rabosov Shalohuska Kozu Elamishalo Birachadayan Avodaito Lahatle Kuatsmo Betoch Beso. Right? This is about someone who hasn't yet. Avodaito Lahatle Kuatsmo Betoch Beso Viroa Ner. And here I'm going to assume this word here is Acher. I don't think it's near Echod. Echad doesn't seem right. And Ein Sarachomar. Let's see. Be'echad achatzeros. Okay, be'echad meaning, and he sees in one of the places, you're going home and you happen to see in there, do you make a bracha? So, we got the impression um, um, from Rashi that this, in the Mordechai, as I said yesterday, that he isn't going to be making a bracha. You're going home and doing it. But here he says, Yesh Omrim, in the case of of of, of, of this case, Shemavarach Awariya, Bachos Mavarach Bishar Shamadlik. Wow. So think about what we just what I what I just read. This Yesh Omrim in the Ritva. I'm on my way home. I have a little bit of a commute. I see someone who has lit earlier. I make the bracha shalosanisim. Um, I can't make the bracha lahadlik, obviously, and I can't make the bracha al near Hanukkah. With the shame, right? I make the bracha with the shame. Yes, yeah, a complete bracha, and then I go home and I make the bracha again. So, so same never so. How many can you keep doing this until you get home? Good question. Good question. Um, the uh, now. It sounds like as many as I see. Is it only yeah. the first? Is it, is it only the first one? The one that gives me that sense of wow, it's Hanukkah. That must be a great reason to make a bracha. Um, and uh, you know, it sounds like as we're seeing here that there's a possibility you're going to make at least one bracha, Sheila, before, other than the one you're going to make at home. You're wondering, should you make 20 brachas? Like, and it could be it's only the... I could see a logic saying it's the first one that you see that means so much. Which is what... you Remember yesterday, we were saying, um, based on the, the Rashi Batsvina and the Mordechai, that's the Yeshomrim, that no, you're not going to make a bracha... Uh, you're not going to make these two brachas. Um, we find here in the footnote in the Ritva, it says that's the Psak and Shulchan Aruch, which makes sense, right? That you're not going to make a bracha a second time. Uh, you're not going to make a bracha even once. In other words, you're going to wait till you, you get home and you'll make the bracha. Ve'ein bezeh, ein mavirin ala mitzvos. Hmm, you would have said, well, here's your chance to do something. No. In a mitzvah, you have a real mitzvah you can accomplish, and you decide not to do it. Here, you are going home to do the mitzvah in a better way than just 
being impressed by what you're seeing. So that would be, um, you know, the Svara ain't my vir and my mitzvos. If it, you know, I don't know how much currency it has, but that would be the argument. Maybe, hey, you saw a mitzvah, and there is a mitzvah of being impressed. Maybe make the bracha now. Um, so, the what I think is important from this ritva is there's this possibility, and, and Rabbi Paul, we were saying there's a possibility here, maybe of even making, she was saying, maybe making the bracha a number of times, the bracha saroe. <laughs> In other words, if you assume the interpretation of the Gemara is not like the Mordechai and Rashi, then maybe the bracha can be made a, a number of times um, before you get home. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, now, so that's in terms, so this has not, again, it's a very interesting Yeshomrim, but as we see, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins uh, the other way. Um, all right. And just since we have the Ritva open, I just want to read to you a little bit from the Ritva. Um, in terms of these brachos that we're talking about, uh, the three brachos of, of, of Nir Hanukkah. So the Ritva says, mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about what these two opinions are. And this is relevant even tonight. We're not going to make Shachianu tonight. But when do you start lighting? There was an opinion. The first opinion is, say all the brachas and then begin to light. The second opinion is, no, the first one I understand, but the sha'asanisim is actually more powerful when you're seeing a Ner Hanukkah that you're saying sha'asanisim about. Karishona, she birchos ha-mitzvah, again, let's talk about the one that's relevant to us tonight, sha'asanisim, you say that after you start to light. She, why? Because this way, the impression you're getting is stronger. You're seeing, and again, it's interesting, you know, they change the gears in the ritva. A lot of times, these parentheses and brackets need to be re-examined by the reader. The parentheses represents what was in the manuscript. The brackets represents what the editor believes has to be the right reading. Now, again, sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes you know, there are scratch-outs. I've worked on manuscripts, and I can tell you that there are sometimes scratch-outs and, 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 and corrections. I think, however, this was an example, like it is in the Gemara, of like the brackets versus the parentheses of the textual emendation suggested by later uh, Achronim, who might be correct in the original 
print or the original based what was off the original manuscript. Let's read it. Let's read it with the original reading. And that fits into what we were talking. In other words, you're actually, you're saying, you need to see a embodiment of that nace, right? You're seeing the, the nair, which is, which is what osanisim is about. Um, and, and when you do that, that's like anybody who sees a near Hanukkah. That's the proof. Obviously, Rowan near Hanukkah needs to see one that's lit already, right? Words, the person who makes Sha'osanisim on, on, on seeing a menorah is only making it on one that's already lit. So anyone who makes Sha'osanisim should be on something that's already lit. Um, that's the logic here. And then he ends the ritva with this little statement, Ein Lushanos Hamminag, which sounds to me like whatever your minag is, follow your minag in this way. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Um, um, uh, right? Isn't that the way you see that? In other words, he has yesh, he says, um, n- you know what? I'm going to, uh, again, I'm making a lot of mistakes today. Nogu levarech v'yesh omrim, Ein Lashanasa Minig means do like the Minag, which is to do the two brochas or three brochas first. All right, so I've, I've asked, it seems like the halacha is, is predominant, at least among us, about how we do it. But I, I think the svara of the Yesh Omrim is a nice svara. The svara of the Yesh Omrim is to make Shalsanisim while it's lit, not before you light. That's not a bad svar, really. Um, still, the Ritva doesn't reject it. He rejects it based on minag. English hanos basah minag. Don't, don't, don't. No. Follow the minag. Don't change from that. He doesn't say why. Okay, one other thing in the Ritva before we go back in, in the Gemara. Let's look at this Ritva. First of all, you see Rav Nachman, not Rav Nechemia. Shalavicha. I remember I spoke out yesterday the Ramban in Sefer HaMitzvos. Uh, it's not surprising we have a sort of a version of this here in the Ritva. Why didn't Rav Nachman connect Ner Hanukkah to Lo Sosur? I'm reading Mesechta's Brochos. Now this Gemara in Brochos that he's referring to as you can see in the footnote, is from Yutes Summit Bays. That's where the Gemara says, Godol Kavad Abrios, Shadocha Eslos Haseisha Betorah. And there you're, they're talking about a person who discovers uh, that he's wearing shotnays and uh, he keeps on wearing it, even though. Um, He's being over in Easter because he shouldn't have to strip himself in public. So the Gemara says over there that we're talking about Shatnei Zerabonin. In other words, it's not Shavatovi Benoz. It's not necessarily woven strongly together. It would be a type of Shatnei's uh, which is only rabbinically prohibited. Um, and uh, Or maybe it's the way he's wearing it. It's not for Hanos Levisha. Whatever it is, it's only a shotnaze that would be rabbinically prohibited. But even though he discovers a shotnaze, he's allowed to keep on wearing it. 
And the Gemara says, because you see that it's covered abrios. So the Gemara says that what's the lo sasei if it's not l'sobashatnes? So the Gemara says, well, saw sur. So the Gemara says, well, everything is based on l'sosur, right? You know, they're all, in other words, that's, you know, Every you know it's it's every losase all the uh, the dinim the rabbanon asmachunu, so that sounds like um, the gemara and brachos seems to back rabavia that the that all these rabbinical enactments are based on lososur. So the ritva here paraphrases the ramban mishum the shiny mitzvazu she'ein loshum iker minatora. In other words, Shatnez, the Rabbanon, is the Rabbanon's version of Shatnez to protect us from normal Shatnez. Uh, that we knew that we needed to um, strengthen up the Shatnez rules. Otherwise, people would be loose with them. Whatever the Svaru was. Shvusim the Rabbanon. Malochos, where you do half of the Malocha, not the complete Malocha. An Akira without a Hanocha. All those things are Mukta, which is, let's say, a Siog to caring. All those uh, things are have an ikr Torah, whereas Hanukkah does not, and that's the reason why Rav Nachman rejects the pasuk of Leisosur. Man, yeah, right. And as you can see, the footnote quotes this Ramban, like I pointed out. So that is a um, uh, backs what we were saying. What could be the machlokus between the two? Okay, uh, on that note. Let us go to the next part of the Gemara. So the Ritva, has he helped us? Well, he's given us some perspective here in two ways. One perspective he gave us was about uh, the Roaner Hanukkah. The second perspective was about how the Brochas were supposed to be made. Let's go back now to the Gemara itself. Mesiv Rav Amram, Hatmai Ma'arvan Bo, Bo, Okay, so let's, we need a little bit of background. <laughs> okay, Rav Amram is going to be a question either on Rav Nachman or, or Rav Nachemia, as it says here, or Rav Avia. Let's take a look and see what the question is. This is a, a Brisa or a Mishnah. I think it's a Mishnah in Demai. Demai Ma'arvinbo. Okay. Now, Demai is something, as we know, that you get from an Amaretz, that you're Mechul, you have to take off Truma Gedeula. You take off Meiser, which you can keep. You take off Truma Gedeula, and you take off Truma's Meiser, you take off Meiser Shani. That's Demai. Even without doing any of that stuff, you can use it for your Erev. Erev Tchumen, right? That can represent your Erev Tchumen to allow you to walk further on Shabbos. So even though you technically can't eat it the way it is, you're allowed to use it for your Erev. Because I guess it's only rabbinical, right? It's only the Rabbanon that you can't eat it. And since, you know, you put the Erev, right? Uh, you place the Erev, even though it's something technically you're really not supposed to eat the way it is, you're allowed to use it for your for making concrete what your address is. Not only that, it could it could be your shituf. It could be your shituf for your eruv chatzeros. Even though technically it really should not be eaten, 
because you have to take off Trumas, you have to take off the, the Meister Shani and the and the Trumas Meister. And Mivarchanalov. What does that mean, Mivarchanalov? That you're allowed to make a bracha on it without taking off Truma, without taking these bro without right? You can you can make a bracha on it. Hmm. What else? love. You really should have taken off the Trumas Meiser. But now that you've eaten it, we don't say, oh, you balaveri, you, you ate Tevo. You, there's no zeman for you. No zeman for you. What sort of zeman is when you, when you, you, you collect a bunch of balaveri? No. It's only Avera de Rabbanon. And therefore, because we know Klapishmaya, and we, I've talked about this, of course. We, you were in my shear for Dubai, and we're going to go back to it, Mirza Hashem. I'm not giving up on it. But we know that Diochanan Cohen Godel made his uh, survey, and he discovered really that most of the people were still uh, taking off Trumas and Maestros. So most of the people, it's 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 Klapi Shmaya. It's even less of a suffix. It's not just a fifty-fifty. Really, had it not been for the Takana of Dubai you would have assumed that most people took, even the Amaratsim took off what was necessary. But there was a large enough percentage that weren't doing it that they were gozer on all produce from Amaratsim to, to take off the Trumas Meiser, to take off the Meiser, well, Koreshe Meiser and do all that. But, in, but they were Mako in all these other ways that you're allowed to do Zimun. Hmm. In other words, even though you don't have clothes on, you're allowed to take off, do the din that's necessary. And benash moshos. Now, this, of course, is benash moshos what? Benash moshos of Shabbos. So even though we know there's a, you're not supposed to take off trumas and maestros, and you would assume Ben Hashmoshos, also you should be Machmir, not when it's a Ben Hashmoshos of Demai. If it would be taking off Tevel, it's too late. Even though it's not necessarily Vade Shabbos, you have to be Machmir on this Yogder, on this, on this very strong Takana de Rabbana, not to take off Trumas and Maestros from Peros and Shabbos, even though it's only Ben Hashmoshos. But over here, it's almost like a on one hand, it's only Ben Hashmoshos, right? And even if you want to say it's Shabbos already, well, maybe I don't. This doesn't mean anything taking off the Trumas and Maisos because it's already been fixed. Because the the Amorites already took care of it. It's not Vaday Tevel. So therefore, you are allowed to take it off Ben Hashmoshos. Okay, so that's the Mishnah and Tamai. The E Amr now comes to the question. E Amrit Kolmid the Rabbanan Boy Brocha. You're telling me here that you make the bracha. It's clearly rabbinical, but you make a bracha. Hocha ki koi orum How could a person who's not wearing clothes, completely unclothed, make a bracha? All right. 
So this is a pasuk that we have, and here's the the pasuk. Hashem alakecha mesavech bekerav machanecha latzilcha v'lasei seivecha lefanecha v'hoye machanecha kadosh v'liyera b'cha erbas daber. So this is um, not just a halacha about um, going to war. We understand this pasuk to include any time. You're involved in Torah or mitzvos. That's like the machna of Hashem. Anytime mitzvah is being done, the name of God is being invoked. It's the machna of Hashem. And the same way, the simple pshad here is, is that when you are a soldier, you restrict yourself. You don't just say, you know, you, you keep human dignity, right? And again, the simple shot is is that um, is, is that you you cover yourself up when you go to the bathroom. I mean, normally you would say, you know, you could see the normal mentality of of battle, and before that time was kill the enemy, whatever it takes. Don't take five minutes off to to use the facilities, quote unquote. Here unless it's a question of life or death, you're supposed to retain the sense of dignity in the latrine, right? And this is a very right, latrine duty. It's important. It's important that things have that uh, sense of kedusha because it's God there. That's the simple shot. But we expand that to mean anything that's connected to the isuri, anything connected to mitzvot of Kriyashma, that's the machne kadosh of Hashem. Whenever there's going to be any sort of mentioning of God's name, it's, 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 it's the machna of God. And therefore, the same way over here, a person can't just, you know, be defecating in the, in, in, in the public. Similarly, any sort of, you know, grub revelatory behavior is verboten when you're about to mention God's name. So I'm about to say God's name. To make a bracha, how how could I not be clothed? That's machanecha kadosh v'leka. So that's the question. The question is, if it's a rabbinical mitzvah, you're going to make a bracha, and yet here we're saying so. The, the assumption here is that maybe rabbinical mitzvahs don't have brachas. Maybe you won't make a bracha on a rabbinical mitzvah. Now all of a sudden, well, I make on the Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe rabbinical mitzvahs. These explanations of Losasur, Shalavicha are all dochik. You only make a bracha where tzivanu is literal. A mitzvah daraisa, mitzvah darabanan doesn't need brachos. That's what Rav uh, Amram was making the case. Brachos only apply, even though brachos themselves are rabbinical, the, the nusach vitzivanu does not apply to. And that's it seems to be crucial about what makes a bracha a bracha doesn't apply to a rabbinical uh, 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 the 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 law and, and and legislation and telling us that we need to do mitzvahs to rabbanan brachas won't apply and um, that's where the gemara is 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 really feeling that's maybe what the mishnah and the mai tells us everything else is a byproduct. Seemingly with the Rabbanan, on that Abaya says, "Wait, Amar Abaya, Vade de Vrayim Bay Brocha." 
Sofek de divchayim loy boy brocha. Demai is different than just a regular derabanan. Demai is much different than hatakana of near Hanukkah. Demai is the whole demai is built on a sofek. True, it's not that you're mechuyet to be machmir, but it retains the element of sofek within it. It isn't just a cool, let me explain this better. It's not just a cool of demai that we let you bench and make a zimun on demai. It's inherent in what demai is. Since demai is always a suffix, and the, the research never indicated it was anything more than just a, 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 a minority doubt that you might have, the takana was never a, a, a full takana. It was only based on what the evidence showed, which was there are a certain amount of people not doing it. Okay, let's let everybody go ahead. Uh, we want everybody, uh, we want to be uniform. Everybody needs to take off uh, maestras. Okay, trumas maestras, yes. Maestras Shani, yes. We're going to call that demai. But it retains the aspect of suffix completely. And because of that, that's why you could. Uh, that's why you're allowed to be mezamen on it. That's the way. The reason why you don't really need to make a bracha. It isn't a kula in the din of demai. It's the reality of what demai is, and therefore it's all of one. It's all the same thing. Yes, you can use it for an eruv. You can use it for shitos. You can use it right? not because it's the rabbanon. For example, let's say. Uh, you'd have Basr Bachal of the Rabbana. You couldn't use it for an Erev. Right? You couldn't use Sheet of Muvos for that. Something that's Osr to eat the Rabbanon would not be allowed to, to make your, to, to use for your uh, Erev Tchumen. It's the type of the Rabbanon this is, it, 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 it's, it's looked at inherently as a weak suffix, but we want you to do the right thing anyway. The Rabbanon could have pushed the lever stronger, like like they would say about, let's say, a mixture of chicken and milk. They could have done that. They didn't. And therefore, the status that Demai has is always a suffix to divreya. But any vadai divreya, of course, would need a bracha. So now the Gemara says, I got something that's similar to that. What about Yontiv Shani? The Suffolk Divrayemu. Isn't Yontiv Shani uh, a Suffolk Divrayem? You're not sure. You have to keep it. We tell everybody to be Machmer. Maybe even the way we keep Yontiv Shani, where we know what the right date is, isn't it all about, well, acting like we did in those days? Well, in those days, we knew it was a suffix. It's very similar to Demai, in a way, if you think about it, right? Demai was pretty strong percentage that it is fine, because most Amaratsim do the right thing. They Most Amaratsim take Meiser. Most Amaratsim take off Trumas Meiser, even. It's only a, a, a small but important percentage that weren't. Isn't that similar to Yontav Shani? Yontav Shani, mostly you know that witnesses come on the right day. 
Most of the time, witnesses come on day 30. And day 30 would be Rosh Chodesh. Witnesses, the moon is usually seen in its time. It's unusual for the moon to be seen not in its time. The idea of adding a month, again, before the calendar, where they were adding months, you know, in order to, to, to make sure that the calculations lined up, it was different. But when they were Makabal Edus HaChodesh, and people in the boondocks were keeping two days, it was very similar to the idea of Demai. And even after we sort of had more of an expertise, and we could, we didn't need the, let's say, we were what the Gemara calls Bikiyim Bikviya you could still argue that, you could still say, okay, I'm keeping it, but it's not a Takana to keep the second day of Yontif, it's to act like we did beforehand. So it should be exactly, the, the parallel to Tamai is very, very striking. And yet we know that we make a bracha on Yontav Shani. What bracha is that? So Rashi tells us, let's look at Rashi. Kiddush Hayom. You make a bracha of Kiddush. So, let's see what the Gemara says. Or says, Hassan, ki heichi delo lezilzli Hmm. So, that's all Abaya's answer. Ki heichi delo lezilzli I'm sorry. That's really, there should not be of, there should not be any bracha on Yantar Shani. But if there wouldn't be a bracha, most people would treat it as a joke. And people would say, ah, Yantar Shani, I don't have to be Makbed at all. And So unless we force people to make these brochos and say the name of God and treat it just like Yantar Rishon, no one would be keeping Yantar Shani. Well, does that, that would also apply to the Hanukkah candles, Megillah, anything? Is that, is that why we... No, keep- no, no. Hanukkah, Hanukkah and Megillah are Meyikar Adin. Okay. Like Rav Nachman and Rav said. Okay. Yontiv Shani really should not have a brocha, Abayu says. Because it's a suffix. And uh, the only reason we're keeping it is Machma suffix. But unless we would make a brocha, people would not think that, they would think we're just going through the motions. Again, um, you know, uh, uh, and they would, the whole, the whole idea of keeping the Yontiv Shani in terms of not doing malacha would fall by the wayside. And I think that's one of the reasons why, again, that's the reason why we go go, go whole hog and make the bracha. Let's see Rav's answer. Rav Amar, Rav Amayaretz Maestremheim. Which means what? Let's look at Rashi. Suffolk to Divrayim by bracha. I disagree with Abaya, Rashi, the way Rashi explains Rav. The fact that the Rabbanan creates something which never is a vaday takana, you'd still make a bracha because the rabbis want you to do it. Very strong language from Rashi. It's true, everybody's doing it, but it never even becomes a suffix on the Rabbanan. Because of the rove. Now, Abaya also knew about the rove, but Abaya felt even though there's a rove, 
of Rovami Oritz, right, that are mice from Aim, still the rabbis got together and said, treat this like a suffix of a, a suffix uh, isur. Everybody should be doing it. So there's actually three stages here in Demai. The first stage was Demai is just like a regular Takona de Rabbonon, which has kulas. And we thought it was a question from the Mishnah and Demai whether you make brochas on Dinim de Rabbonon. The second stage was Abaya, which is that it's a suffix de Divreya. And now Rav is saying it's even less than a suffix. Since it's less than a suffix, therefore there's no brocha. Again, you'd have to think, what's the nafkamina by in Rova? Well, obviously, Yontav Shani, according to Rova, you don't need to say it has to do with Zilzel. Sometimes the rabbis tell us to do things machmas suffix. A suffix, in a, it's a suffix situation. The rabbis want us, that's something you need to make a brocha because you're following the Rabbanon. Whereas whether it comes to Demai, it, it's like Rashi says, Chumra Ba'alma. Very interesting language from Rashi. It's not it's just a chumrah. That's all it is. Um, what does this tell you about the Koch of Chachamim nowadays? Like, is this really like almost a Diorisa, or it's really uh, you have to listen to the rabbis, but it's not as strong? Like, what's I, the halachic authority nowadays? Okay, well, well, I think what you see, Rabbi Paul, is that the rabbis have, uh, you know, they could push their authority more. Or they could hold back. Right. They decided it's like a vacill- It's like a not a sliding scale, but a vacillate. Right. They and in some laws we went all the way, and we want you to treat it very strictly. And other laws, you know, we are suggesting, and it's the right thing to do. We expect it to happen. Um. So you, I think you do see a model of restraint. And, and, and knowledge of, of, of what you're able to do. You know, I would say even from a um, practical standpoint, if you're going to put too much on the plate, then you're going to fall on your way back to the table, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> if you're going to have too many rabbinical laws where you better do it this way, then many of them are going to fall off. So we really would like Demai to happen. We really like, we really like Demai to happen. We, we really would like every, we don't want anyone even taking a risk of eating something which is not Masuka. Um, you know, there's an idea, I guess, I'm going to say part of it was, you know, the, the, again, this is a little bit of a political statement. A part of it, I think, was, um, the person who instituted it. I think yeah. Yochanan Kohen Godol had a lot of power. <laughs> it's sort of like he was a, a more than, like, as, as one of the, again, I think he was one of the last of the great Hashmanoyim uh, right. leaders. So I think if, I want this legislation done, you know, I think it's important, right? right. And, and the Mishnah it just talks about, like always Takonos about, no no hammering in, in no hammering in, in Yerushalayim, right? And and I don't want any factories there. Yochan Kohen Godel, right? That's from Roosevelt. That's like Yochan Kohen Godel, like representing... No, and this was tied to the cover of the Beis Amikdash as well. Zecher le Menorah, Zecher, you know. Right. I, I think there was an element of no one should put in their mouths 
anything. Okay. Also, I think part of it was, and I'm really shooting from the hip here. He did a, a campaign. They, the, the, the Gemara says he did a research. Right? We're we going to throw all that out. Right? He did all this research discovering. And Yochanan convened everyone and said, let's get the buy done. All right. So people did it. Uh, believe me, it, it, it caused a little bit of, of uh, difficulty. Everybody had to be worried. Up to where? What do we do? But I think it was, I, I think it was, it was a takana that the, and again, this is really sounds like apicorsis, but you're bringing it out in me. I'm sorry. That, that it, it had to do with the, the figure that represented it. And therefore, you know, everybody applauded it and went along with it, but it never made it like, okay, this is Erevin. This is Natiwa Yadayim. All right, this is Demai. Yeah, Demai. Okay. It, it, it made it. it, it passed. You know, it's like Puerto Rico. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. also there's also if Rovetsibor is is able to be Ahmed on it, right? And and it seemed like Rovetsibor, unlike other Zairus, as you mentioned, where oh no Shemen, we're ostering all Shemen. Well, no, we're not. We're not. We're not going to cobble that. One of the the uh, insurers, Rabbi Paul, that they could accept it. Excuse me, it was all the coolest they gave to it. Right, yep. all the coolers that went ahead with Demai. So it's sort of like a paper tiger in that way, you know. Yep. And therefore, it works. It happened, and and the good Jews fulfilled it. The good Jews did it, um, and, and and it turned out. And here's the other svar which I wanted to say, which what you put in your belly is somehow more hammer to people uh, than other things. Yeah, the, the fact oh. That might not be kosher what you're eating. Well, Rove tells me it is. Yeah, you know, we did the research. I mean, there is a 15% of people who aren't taking off Trumas Meister from that. I mean, you might, well, Rove says I can eat it. Yeah, I, I know. But still, there is a percentage. Right. Right. So the fact is, what you put in your mouth is somehow perceived as more homer. And this was something that they felt, okay, we're going to make this takana of Demai. And if it works, we can almost say with certitude, at least in many homes, there's not a chance that what you put in your mouth is not uh, noki from, uh, from, from Teva. Because you took, it, you took it anyway. So to answer your question. What does this say about rabbinical power today? We don't have rabbinical power today. In other words, this was a, a golden age where the rabbis could convene and say, from this year on, Hanukkah. From yeah. this year on, we can't do that. You know, But even when they could do it, they didn't always do it in the same fashion. So mm-hmm. your question was, what does this tell you about, um, you know, uh, about rabbinical sokim today or rabbinical takonas today? Um, is this a model for what our takonas are going to be? You know, this is such a theoretical question because, you know, again, you know, this is sort of in the hash- world of Ashkafa. Are we going to need takonos? And, you know, if we finally get the Sanhedrin back, let's assume, not like the Rambam, <laughs> let's assume, you know, that it's going to only happen as part of some messianic age, are we going to need any of these type of suffix dinim, right? Uh, 
know, is, is in a period of Molaritz Dea, uh, is there any, maybe there are no Amaratsim, you know, any of the things that were, that are from these, from this world, in fact, one could even ask, will these, will these Takanas still, will, will, the, will, will they still be part of our lives? Um, possibly not. Um, you know, um, if you're going to assume there's a upgrade completely. Now, it's hard to say, you know, the, the, the sliding slope of this argument is, well, what about milk and, and what about uh, uh, not hard cheese? What about uh, or chicken? Are, are, are those yogim going to fall off? It would seem not, right? Again, in the messianic days, uh, you know, when we talk about Torah again, are the xeros going to go by the wayside because there's no reason that, that, that people are going to be, people are definitely going to be nizar in them? You know, there's no, uh, it, it is possible, you know, there is, there are ways to overturn. The Mishnah Nedia says there'll be a Bezdin that's, that is, um, that is greater in Chachma and Minyan. And I'm assuming that the Bezdin of Eliyahu whatever, whose Bezdin, whatever you're going to call it, might be able to overturn some of these Takanas. Um, yeah. And, yeah, but I think it's, it's, it's very theoretical. Uh, at this point, I think what we could say is from this Gemara is that um, re- recognize that not every Rabbanan is equal. And, you know, and I think what, what you could say, you know, from Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's standpoint is when you're trying to get a person from, which things are the ones to, That's right. to emphasize? Which Rabbanans, you know, which ones are you know, crucial, which ones, you know, down the road, maybe that's something we're going to work on. Um, Yontav Shaini, as you know, was one of the, became a very big uh, political, I don't call it political, but, you know, very much a, uh, it became bigger than it was because that was one of the things that in the Braunschweig conferences in the 19th century, Yontav Shaini was one of the, uh, things that they wanted to, what was later morphed eventually, I guess, into the conservative movement. It wasn't called that then, but in the 1840s, when they had those conferences, one of the things that was put on the table, it was considered uh, the great stumbling block to, for more acceptance of Judaism everywhere was keeping Yontav Shani. And, you know, Yontav Shani was, you know, all the arguments were put on the table to just, just stop with the Yontav Shani already. And, uh, the backlash was a defense of Yontem Shani. And, you know, there was a, you know, we all know about you know, the changes in the shul, but, you know, Yontem Shani really, uh, there was a renaissance really of, 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 of writing in the 19th century about how great Yontem Shani is, how important it is, how it can't be messed around with. Uh, my uh, elder, elder, elder Zeta wrote a big kunturus on it, Rabbi Yossel Slutzker, uh, against the, those Rabbanim that were, you know, Suggesting to to that Yontav Shani should be placed on the side, um, very famous um, a, a piece from the Meshachachma in Parshas Bo, which I'm sure both of you are heard about, where he says, you know, even where Chazal tell you the rationale for their takonos, there's other things they're not telling you about. Yeah. You know, so 
was what I just said, is that, was that part of this buttressing against the attacks of Dinam de Rabbanan? Um, or, you know, again, it's hard to, to, to see in the Chazal what, what, what Rav Meir Simcha says. But Rav Meir Simcha said that this was something that he had a Kabbalah from the Vilna Gon to be true, that you can't just say, oh, it's the Rabbanan because of this. Now that that reason is no longer relevant, let's move on. The That's the Chabad argument against uh, why we should still keep all Chal of Yisrael, even with Rav Moshe's argument. They said, yeah, but there are other reasons. Right, right. Uh, yeah, there's a... Uh, you know, and, and, and you know the the funny thing is again obviously this is really the question of of Asher and what's considered rabbinical law and not rabbinical law and, and how how important it is Amunas Chachamim. If if you look in the Talmud, the Talmud often speaks about the Rabban and Srikim Chizuk. Uh, you know we have to be Chaviv and Divri Sofrim. So there's a lot of statements about not playing, you know, not untying things. There's a, a lot of statements saying, let's keep the Durabonans, let's not, let's not be Mako, uh, because the, the the normal attitude is, yeah, yeah it's the Durabonan, I'm not so bad. And I think that that's, you know, it, it, it's crucial, you know, I don't want to chas v'shalom use this to say, oh, you see, all right, yeah, certain things aren't so common. Chazal try in their best to to keep the, the Rabbanans almost on on a level that's that's incredible. Even Rabbi Paul, even without those statements, take a look at the third parak of Chagiga, where you have pages and pages all about the Tumah and Tara the Rabbanan. Yeah. Um, and, 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 again, even in Shabbos, if you did Daf Yomi, there were there were Dafim completely where it was just. You know, so the amount of energy and time spent on getting even Masechta's Demai is an example of it. So yes, when when push comes to shove, when there's a situation of uh, of a shasatchak, so then we go back and we roll up our sleeves and say, well, this is the rabbon and this is only a chumra. But in terms of our, our, our what we the way we uh, our, our public face. And even our learning face treats them with, with treats even these laws uh, with ex- the most extreme seriousness. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.